0: Okay, my friends, you know what's up. You know what time it is. (laughs) Welcome to another episode. If you're new here, I'm Helen. I'm an empowerment coach, meditation teacher, singer songwriter. I'm so happy that you're here. Episodes drop every Wednesday morning, and uh, we are nearing the 100th episode. I can't believe it. It's going so fast. Um, Such a milestone for me, and it's just been such an honor to have you all here and bring you these amazing conversations on a weekly basis. So, my plan is really to just take The month of July kind of off, go home, visit my family in Maine, have a lovely Maine summer there. I really want to focus on learning how to surf. That's honestly my like goal for July. So that's what's on my trajectory. Today, today is Tuesday the 10th. Let's see. So it'll drop tomorrow morning and we have just entered Mercury retrograde. Love this for us. Love to see it. It's really just teaching me in this round to be very patient and just kind of go with the flow. You know, I think Mercury retrograde can carry this very kind of like ominous vibe and feeling around it. But as we go through these retrogrades, which we have, I believe, you know, every three or four times a year, Um, you know, it's really a lesson in softening and big time surrender, like little things are going to happen, little things are going to go, quote, unquote, wrong. And I'm definitely feeling the technology blips here and there. So um, just a reminder to relax into this, take it easy, be gentle with yourself, be gentle with other people. And uh, just keep that patience cap on, you know what I'm saying? Okay, anyways, let's get into today's episode. We have one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram and just one of my favorite leaders in the human design and frankly business space as well. We've got Erin Claire Jones here. We're talking all about human design and how to use it to enhance your life. If you are a projector like Erin and I are, I think you're really gonna enjoy this one. But we talk about all uh, all the types, so it's for everybody. And if you don't know much about human design, that's totally okay. She's going to give us the rundown. We've had a couple other amazing human design experts on here as well, but Erin has such a unique perspective and takes us a little bit deeper even in this one. So it's an awesome episode. Let me tell you a little bit more about her. So Erin is, she's a leadership coach. Of course, she specializes in human design and she uses this to help thousands of individuals and companies step into their work and their lives as their truest selves and get to their highest potential. Her work as a guide and a coach and a speaker has attracted a growing community of over 120,000 people who turn to her teachings for practical tools, digestible tips, and deeper self-knowledge that they can access to live with greater ease and authenticity Every single day in every single way. She's been featured in Forbes, Mind, Body, Green, Well and Good, Vogue, Nylon. Have a great time with this one. Of course, slide into our DMs. Let us know what you're learning. You can find Erin on Instagram at Erin Claire Jones and I'm at Helen Denham underscore and at the Lifted Podcast. We'd love to hear from you and I love you and I'll talk to you on the flip side. The first question I love to ask guests is how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to?
1: Hmm. Always evolving. Um, I would say my routine right now. We just adopted two rescues, who two rescue puppies that wake up at around five fifteen. Um, so we gently wake up with their barking, um, <laughs> take them out, and then I come upstairs and I meditate. I do my morning pages, um, and do some breath work, and then I do I move my body. So it's always evolving, but that feels really good right now. I think. Um. Being outside, I like to incorporate that more in the morning. I moved to the woods, and so it feels silly to not take advantage of that.
0: Beautiful. And what do your morning pages look like? What goes into your journaling?
1: Well, do you know of The Artist's Way? I've heard of it. You know, I haven't read it that yet, though. Yeah, it, it's amazing. It's like a 16-week kind of program, which I've been basically trying to do for the past like eight years. I'm finally doing it with my, my friend, Hella, And like, I looked at my first like signature when I did it and it was like 2015. I was like, I've been trying this for so long. Um, but her whole concept is just kind of like emptying out in the morning by just writing um, and just like with no agenda and like sometimes like super mundane stuff. Um, so it really changes every day, you know, it has a lot of prompts in there. So I sometimes use that, but I usually just flow. Um, and I just did a retreat with Elizabeth Gilbert and she had so many like amazing kind of journaling suggestions as well, but it really is such a nice way to start the day. Like before, like any tech input, like just noticing whatever's coming up.
0: Totally. And then you said you just moved to the woods. Were you in the city beforehand? And is this kind of a new shift for you? What's that look
1: like? Yeah. I mean, I've lived in cities my entire life, but I, I've been in New York, I was in New York city for eight years and my husband was there for 20. Um, And then last year we bought a house in upstate New York and moved here. And it's just like a totally different world. I mean, it's such a vibe upstate New York. Like I think that there's like so many cool cafes. It's really, it doesn't feel isolated here. The train is like there to New York city whenever you want it. Um, But I'm adjusting still, you know, I think that it's, we adopted a horse. We have dogs. We don't see any other houses. We have all this land. It's like we were owning our first home. So there's like so much investment into like the property and what we want to create. So it feels really good. And it's also, I think what I've really noticed is that as much as I love cities and as much as I love New York, I think that I'm like a much better tourist of New York city than I am a resident. Like, I just like love going in and staying in a an hotel and being like, I'm in the city, you know? <laughs> um, but waking up to the trees feels so much better. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a journey, but I think that I'm really enjoying it so much.
0: Good for you. Awesome. I think you are very much accompanied in that journey. I think especially you know, during
1: lockdown, it was kind of this
0: blessing in disguise for a lot of people to realize they needed to get back into nature. And it was that time.
1: So totally. Yeah. Just nice to wake up to.
0: Totally. Do you know Aaron Rose by any chance? He is awesome. Oh yeah. And he's, I think he's in upstate New York too, but.
1: Oh my God, I have to check in. I know that he's been bouncing, but if he's still here, if he's here, I got to connect with him. He's amazing.
0: Yeah, he's awesome. Beautiful. Well, so Erin, I will have given a little introduction about who you are and what your work kind of entails, but I would love to know about how you entered human design. What sparked your curiosity? Like what led you into this human design work?
1: Yeah, I don't think I could have predicted that human design would be my path. I definitely had no idea what it was growing up. Um, But in 2015, I was working at a number of startups. I had studied entrepreneurship in college and was just really curious about kind of how teams work together best. And I went to a friend's gathering in her backyard in the Lower East Side of New York. And I basically sat next to a stranger who offered to give me a little human design reading on the spot. It was the first time I heard of the system, but like many people I'm like, okay, tell me everything I want to learn about myself. Um, And he gave me a little mini reading and it was like so... Accurate's not even the right word. Like, it was so relieving. I felt like he gave me a language for everything I'd always felt, but never really been able to articulate. And then he also, like, it was very confronting because, like, I wasn't living any of it. I was like, what? Like, I've been trying so hard to be everything but that. Like, am I really allowed to do that? And he ended the conversation by, he'd been studying for a decade by saying, you know, I think that you're meant to do this and I think we should do this together. Um, And so he really invited me in um, to build a human design company with me and to be my first teacher. And so it was such a serendipitous moment, you know, and I look back and I just think it's kind of hilarious that I said yes, because like human design was like not well known then, you know, it was like, no one really knew what it was. Like I think, but I just felt that there was like something so profoundly useful in the system like i had never discovered a thing that was like equal parts practical and mystical in a way that people really needed um, and i was just like let's do it you know and so um it was a, it was a tough couple of years you know only because it was too early but it's been an amazing journey and i'm so grateful that i discovered the system when i did
0: Amazing. So, what was your like before and after like? Before you discovered human design, what were you doing? What was your kind of blueprint like without knowing? And then how did it change?
1: You know, I think before I discovered human design, like I was living in New York City and my community was like all entrepreneurial. Um, I was consulting, like I said, for a bunch of startups and I was just kind of like really enjoying the hustle. You know, I was like, I'm just going to like work really hard and do all these things. And I was like so busy and like having a lot of fun, but like, I did not feel like my work was in alignment um, with like what I was doing. Like I didn't feel out of alignment. It just didn't feel like I was really like living my purpose in any way. Um, and I think what was so interesting is that I was working full time for a few startups before that. Before I went to consulting, and I just felt like my gift was always with people. Like I loved asking questions. I loved understanding how people worked. I loved organizing people. And so, but I just didn't know that like that could be a job. Like it, like just being smart around people um and so I think when I discovered human design I was like oh that can be it I can just be like interested in people and that's kind of enough um so so it was really I was enjoying myself pre-human design but I like I don't think I could have maintained it for much longer I think that I often say and I know people will be new to human design that we can often get away with being a like trying to be a, a doer when we're young as a projector but after a certain point we're like this is so not sustainable um so I think after that You know, I just started operating in a very different way. I think I really connected to what my real gifts were. I found the right support, the right partners. I really kind of shifted my way relating to community and relationships because so much of my design is around feeling deeply recognized and seen. And I just realized that like some of the communities I was in were was were not offering that and didn't offer me the intimacy and depth. But like, I just think on a high level, like everything in my life changed Mm -hmm. in terms of like building a business connecting with my partner, like community, move all the things, you know? And I think that it just felt like I was able to do things in a way that felt so much more aligned for me, also so much more successful. And I think most importantly, so much more sustainable, you know, like I think often we can build things and they can be super successful and we're like, are totally burnt out. And I think the magic of this business is like, how can we build a thing that like supports our life and also has so much impact and also sustainable? and doesn't burn us out.
0: Yeah, I love that. So you are a projector. Yes. Amazing, me too. So it'll be interesting to dive in a little bit with you because I think for both of our audiences listening, that'll give, give some clarity around like what, what yeah. goes on behind the scenes of human design and how much sense it makes. But um, yeah. so to go to ground zero really quick, if somebody is completely new to human design, which most people probably have an idea listening, but um, how would you describe it to somebody who's first getting introduced to this topic?
1: So I would say that human design is a system based on your time, date and place of birth that reveals your energetic blueprint on how you're uniquely wired to thrive. When it comes to building a business, working with teams, parenting, partnering, all the things, um, I think it gives us each kind of our own roadmap to doing life in a way that feels good for us. And I think so often we get tripped up in life because we just try to be a thing that we're not, and we try to mimic a path that doesn't actually work for us. Um, and like I said at the beginning, like the magic that I found in human design is that like it offers us so much, so much juicy self-knowledge, but it gives us so many tools. Like it actually helps us learn how to integrate those, that knowledge into our lives, so we actually like are using human design to live more aligned lives. Um, and they're just like a bajillion different configurations, so it really reminds us of our uniqueness at like such a specific level.
0: Mm-hmm. And if there could be like a tagline for each type, what might those taglines be if they pop into mind?
1: So I think for manifesting generators, it would just be like a multi-passionate kind of doer and creative force. Um, I think for a generator, it would be like a very kind of magnetic, masterful doer. And I think for a projector, it would be a leader, guide, or advisor. Um, for a reflector, it would be just like someone who sees things that no one else like sees and for a manifester, it would be kind of like an innovative disruptor, somebody who's meant to kind of change the way that things are done.
0: I love that. Okay, so you and I, knowing that we're both projectors, I'd love to take a peek into my chart, your chart, whatever you want to look at, and just kind of break down a little bit of it and, and help everybody listening get to know like, what's going on here when we look at a chart.
1: Yeah, the chart is not a very intuitive looking thing. I just want to warn people. So um, if you want to look up your design, you can go to humandesignblueprint.com. And like we just mentioned, there are five different types. Projectors are about 20% of the population. So I would just say like on a more general level, what it means to be a projector is that like, our gift is not in our ability to do. It's so much in our ability to kind of see and be wise about people. And so projectors make very natural podcasters, so teachers, guides, CEOs, um, leaders, managers, healers, like positions where they're really kind of guiding and supporting the other. Um, as projectors, our energy can very naturally ebb and flow. And so we are not designed to consistently do all day long, and kind of building space and rest and ease into our days is so essential. You know, projectors are here to be very successful, but they're really here to show us a new way of success, one that is like not based on like hustle or burnout. Um, projectors tend to really love systems like human design, like things that kind of can help deepen and offer us a, a framework to kind of leverage our wisdom around people. Um, and what's really important as a projector is that we're here to be recognized and invited in. So we're not here to initiate chase after force. We're really here to kind of pay attention to where... We feel the most seen, valued, and treasured, and invest our energy there, and also make sure that we are making ourselves visible and sharing ourselves with the world so the right people can find us. How does that all land for you as a projector?
0: Oh my God, it's so spot on. Um, I always wondered, like as a kid, you know, why I wanted to either be in the spotlight or just be giving unsolicited advice, or like, you know, and made me a little self-conscious. I was like, am I just like annoying or kind of a know-it-all? And then when I learned, you know, just to offer it and just have it open, but by- like allow people to come to you when they're ready to receive it um, or ask for your insight. It just changed my self-esteem, to be honest, and just helped me feel more comfortable in my skin, in my authenticity. And then once I kind of got that in my cells and that knowing and feeling really comfortable, I was able to just kind of take it to the next level and feel a lot more courageous going forward and really going after what I wanted and not thinking it was actually some kind of societal like conditioning. It's really what I want, you know, I I really am success driven. And now I'm not really ashamed of saying that. So it feels good. Yeah. I really like being a projector and especially I think anybody listening to, if we can look up who else is a projector, like even celebrities or presidents or whatever, like it can give us some insight too. I don't know if that's helped you, but I liked yeah. other projectors.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just like nice to know that there's such range and like what projectors can be. It's like, you know, like Serena Williams is a projector. She's like such a successful athlete. You know, a lot of presidents are projectors like JFK and Obama. Um, I think Jimmy Carter, um, there, and then like so many celebrities, you know, like Brad Pitt. It's just, it's so interesting. Um, but I do think it's nice to just like be reminded of like the way that people can use their design to find flow in their lives. And like one thing to kind of know about human design is that it doesn't limit what we can do. It's like you're a projector, and therefore you can't be this. It just like helps you know how to use your energy best to do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, when, you know, there's so many layers in human design, I would say one other probably interesting layer is that. We are all designed to make decisions differently. We, we find this in a place in our design called our inner authority. And so while you and I are both projectors, we're very different kinds of projectors. So I am what we call a wait for clarity or an emotional projector, which means that when making decisions, I'm meant to sleep on things and take my time and feel into things. Like I'm not really meant to be spontaneous or impulsive or fast. Whereas for you in making decisions, you're what we call a mental and I mean, there's like a bajillion names for your type. It's like mental, environmental, none, be in the right space and talk it out. But I think what's most important is that you're somebody who is so highly and super sensitive to your physical space. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things you can do to kind of support your own process of finding clarity is to plant yourself in spaces that feel good and just talk things out with people that you trust, not to seek advice from others, but to see how things feel when you say them out loud and often kind of planting yourself in a few different spaces that kind of talk things out can be such a beautiful way to access your own knowing.
0: Mhm oh my god i love that i actually have gotten myself into trouble before cuz i can't leave my home without my room in order because coming back to it clean and organized is like really important and i it's like essential to my mental health so that is just <laughs> totally spot on yeah and that's so true it's really interesting i don't usually go to people for advice i don't know about you but um in a way, like I do seek out business mentors or very specific books. So it's more like when I know what I want, I'll just, I'll go and get it. Does that kind of make sense for a mental Yeah, mental totally.
1: And it's also just nice for you to have sounding boards. It's nice for you to have people where just like, ask me questions, like help me connect to my own knowing, Mm -hmm. but yeah, but you're also somebody who's just like so sensitive to who you're around. So also kind of planting yourself around people that feel really good, whether it's like somebody that is in business in a way that you aspire to be or whatever, like can be really nice because you're going to kind of amplify the energy you're around. So you might as well like choose to amplify the good stuff
0: hmm I have never been a super social creature. It's kind of funny. Like I've never had like a huge group of friends. Like I always look at my sister, my sister's super social, always surrounded by like 10 people at a time. And I wonder if that has to do with that kind of mental authority aspect. I mean,
1: you're just like, you're so sensitive. There's just so much that you take in. And so like, I would say like around the right people can feel like probably so uplifting and wonderful, but like you are definitely going to need like plenty of space and time alone to recharge. I'd also say that in general with projectors, like our energy can operate really well with people one-on-one. There's such a focused energy to your design. And so like you've got such a gift for like seeing into people and making them feel deeply recognized. Um, and so that can just like come out really beautiful, beautifully in like a one-on-one setting rather than kind of group setting.
0: Mm, Yes. Do you feel that. that? totally 100% yeah i really yeah. like i think that's why i love podcasting because it's a it's an hour to just really get to know somebody and just dive a little deeper
1: totally so, yes that's totally. really
0: good so what are the other types of
1: authorities that people have so you said yes. you're an emotional authority i'm emotional right or wait for clarity there's also sacral or trust your gut so these people are meant to kind of make decisions in the moment based on their gut feeling, which is like a very visceral feeling in their belly that either kind of pulls them toward or pushes them away from something. And, you know, there's like so much advice out there, like follow your gut, listen to your gut. But like not all of us have access to the gut response, but like these people really do. Um There are splenic or tune into your intuition. Um, I'm offering two names because I've actually kind of like renamed them to make them more accessible, but there are the traditional names, of course. Um, And that is really about trusting your intuition in the moment, which is not a gut visceral feeling. It's more kind of a quiet, intuitive knowing, a whisper that comes out of nowhere and disappears just as quickly. So these people often need to really invest their energy in practices that really help them quiet down and hear themselves. There are self projected or talk it out people. These people similar to you, but a bit different. They also are meant to, this is only possible for projectors. They're meant to kind of talk things out to find clarity, but their decision-making is really rooted in their identity. And so it's really useful to ask themselves, ask themselves questions like, will this decision make me happy? Move me in the right direction? Like allow me to feel authentically and creatively expressed. Um, we've got two more, we've got ego or tune into your willpower authorities. These people are meant to make decisions based on what their heart is pulling them towards, what they desire, what they feel motivated to make happen. They've got so much power when they say yes. So it's so important to feel like their energy is really well taken care of in return. And then the final one is a reflector. And they're meant to give themselves a full 28 to 30 days before they make a big decision. Mm -hmm. which is like, I just want to honor is not always feasible, you know? And I think what's most important is that like clarity really comes with time for them. It allows them to sample a decision from lots of different angles to really kind of untangle what's not theirs from like what is. But I think most importantly is that they are choosing based on their own timing and not on like anyone else's pressure urgency.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. So I want to pivot a little bit to talk with you about business and building a business as a projector. Like how has running a business reflected um, being a projector? Is there, is there something that you do that's different because you're a projector versus if you were a different type? Like, I hope that makes sense, but what totally do you see reflected sense. in business?
1: You know, I think human design is such an amazing tool to help us build the business in a way that works for us, you know, and so because we're just all meant to do it differently and I can't tell you how many clients I've had that will like go to a business coach and they're like, okay, I'm gonna like do it like they told me and they're like, that doesn't work for me. Um, So I would say big things for me as a projector. One is just like knowing that I'm not here to do it by myself. Like I think that I felt a lot of pressure early on. I'm like, I've got to be great at all of it. And I think that I really learn as a projector, like my energy is limited. It's like, I'm not available for all of it. And so like my job is to really hone in on where I offer the most value and allow myself to be supported on the rest. Um, And so for me, it's like, I love talking about human design. I love writing about human design. I love teaching human design. Not great at the rest, you know? Um, I would also say that like, I find a lot more success when I really like, allow my days to be spacious as tempted as I often am to kind of plan things back to back. Like those are the days I end up like canceling things Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I just can't even do it. Um, so like really allowing buffer times. I think that like, even with my schedule, like I leave two days a week as much as possible with like nothing on my calendar and then kind of concentrate like podcasts on a certain day and, um, sessions on certain days. And so that's been really helpful. I think another big piece is that like, as I said, that as projectors we're here to be invited in, but we cannot be invited in if people don't know that we exist. Mm -hmm. And so even when I think about my first iteration of my business, this was my first business partner, my first teacher, I was so scared of being seen. And I think part of it was that I was new to human design. Like I was still cultivating mastery and, you know, a foundational, like strong foundation. Um, But I just was like, didn't tell anyone, you know what I mean? We just kind of like reached out to companies, but it was like, so I was so nervous. And I believe this version. So I've had my own practice since 2018. And now my husband is my business partner. Um, is that like, I have basically just made it my job to make myself visible. And Mm -hmm. so like, I share all the time on Instagram in newsletters on podcasts, webinars, like, and like, and not because I assume that I'll resonate with most people, but just because I know that doing that allows me to resonate with the right ones. And so like, I have definitely found the most success, not by pitching people, but by just like letting the world know that I exist in a broader way.
0: So like, that's how you generate leads by just talking about it. Mm -hmm.
1: We've never paid for marketing, which like someday we will. And it's like, so not a bad thing to do. Like, and we just like, it's been so organic because like, I just share, we just like, I mean, we're kind of just like content company, you know, we just like create a lot of content around human design and like create a lot of free value. And then like a certain percentage of people will opt in to like ask for more information.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally. Is there a type that does do well, like doing that direct outreach?
1: manifestors for sure. Like, cause they're just here to initiate. So they have an urge to like go reach out a hundred percent. Um, I would say generators and manifesting generators as well. Like if they get a real gut response that like this client or this person's correct, then like a hundred percent. Um, and also like, I have definitely reached out to people in the past as a projector, but like the times that I've done it, one, it's like the most exhausting thing ever for me to do. Um, and then secondly, I just like, I really don't, I'm not very salesy at all. Like it's, it's just more through the lens of like, I exist, you know, and like I have found some success in that it, it's been exhausting to do, like I said, but like, I think that I've just learned to frame it as like, I just want to let this person know that I exist and just like make myself visible to them and like give them a the thing to respond to. And if they're into it, they'll let me know.
0: Oh yeah. I love that way of reframing because yeah, in making connections and introducing ourselves, it can be more like a, just like a hello other yeah. than, um, can you help me with this? Or can you come in in this way?
1: Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. I so, also love that.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah. The projectors do really well with rest cycles that are, that are just like giving more space for rest, which I just love is completely, you know, taking away from that hustle mentality of society. And I was looking at, I think you you posted it today and I wanted to share it with my community. Cause I was like, I think we can all relate to this like level of slowing down and not yeah. going so freaking hard all the time and like preventing burnout before it even happens. Like how do you make sure that you don't get burned out?
1: Well, I think it, it's true. It feels like it is these cycles of like, I'm just going to push myself too hard and then I have to like recover. And it's more like, how can you do it sustainably from the outset? Um, I think that like to be. I had to create really strong boundaries around my schedule because like our, one of our biggest potential shadows as projectors is being overzealous and doing too much. Mm -hmm. And so like, I've had to learn that like, that's my tendency. Like I'll like, oh yeah, I can like fit another session in. Yeah. Like I could fit another thing in. And like, I just get so exhausted when I do. And so for me, I just like, one, I've had to create very clear boundaries of like, these are the days that I do sessions. This is how many I can do. Like my partner's literally set up a system where like, I cannot overbook myself because I still would overbook myself. Like I've been like taken out of the process because, I'm like not trusted with it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just like need those boundaries set. Um, I think that I also have like a really clear, I like can't work at night. I don't know about you as a projector, but like after a certain point, it's like, it's just not even, there's not a possibility. Like it just doesn't work in my brain. And so like, I also have like a really clear time. I'm, like, I'm going to shut down. I'm going to turn off my phone at this hour. Um, I'd also say that like, it's really useful as a projector to like, let the people around you know about your design. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they can remind you to live in alignment with it. Like my husband knows that I'm like try to be a doer sometimes when I, I'm not meant to be. And so like he'll also call me out on it. And that's really useful just to kind of bring awareness but so I don't kind of get lost in this overzealous pattern without noticing. Mm-hmm. So a, a combination of like boundaries, kind of like strict, like how often I do things, um, and having the people around me support me in doing that. And also just knowing that like I don't want to burn out doing this thing that I love. Like I think mm-hmm. that like I am like a much better guide for people. My sessions are so much better when like I'm well-rested, like a well-rested projector is like the best kind of projector.
0: Yes. And I love that you said earlier too, that you kind of like batch your days out and you create a couple days that are just like free for all um, so that you can put all that together. I wanted to ask you too about the profiles. Um, Can you help us understand profiles a little
1: bit? Yes. So in human design, there are 12 different profiles that are made of six different numbers. And what I mean by that is like, you might be a five, one, like you, or one, three, or two, four, four, six, whatever. Um, And so I can kind of briefly go through the six numbers, but I would say like, if you're four, six, pay attention to the four and the six, the one, three, pay attention to the one and the three, we all have two numbers. And I would say like, you know, I feel like my definition of this is changing. I think that I have historically said the profile is like, an aspect of our design that reveals how we're wired to kind of best manifest our purpose. However, it also like shows so much more than that. It's like so much more around like relationships and how you guys market yourself. So it's just like, there's a lot of juice in it.
0: All right, popping in for a moment to chat with you about my confidence course. This is an eight-module online self-mastery course, and we go through everything from breaking and creating new habits, to goal-setting, to energy-clearing rituals, EFT, guided visualization meditations, and so much more. So if you're feeling like you are just ready to up-level in some way in your life, or you have a project that you've had in mind, but are just like a little nervous or scared to take the next step, or you just want to get to know yourself more deeply, this might just be the perfect thing for you right now. So you can go to how slash course and check it out. See if it resonates and I'll leave the link
1: in the description below as well.
0: All right, back to the episode.
1: Um, so let's start with the one. So you have a one in your profile. So like the ones are very natural investigators. Like they're really here to dive deep into things and like really become authorities in whatever it is they choose. So I would say for you, like carving out space and time to just like investigate, dive deep and learn is like so nourishing for you, especially in solitude. I think what gives you security and I'm saying you, you can also tell me it doesn't resonate. Like what gives you security is to feel like your foundation of knowledge is strong. Mm -hmm. Like I have dug deep. I know what I'm talking about. And therefore I like can share in a way that can be so valuable for other people. Like I would not throw things on these people without giving them time to kind of research and build that foundation. I'd also say like in relationships, whether it's like romantic or friendship, like really tending to the foundation and making sure that it's like, feels like secure and strong is so important. There's a very natural kind of inquisitive nature in these people How does that feel to you?
0: Oh, absolutely on point. I mean, for my birthday, for holidays, all I ask for is like educational content, like masterclass subscription or like a wellness event or like, or books or something like that. And I'm almost always taking a certification to feel like I'm like, I feel like, you know, I've been saying I'm in this phase of life where I am a student, but I don't think that's ever going to end. Like, I
1: just love it. I love to learn. Mm hmm. It's often like so common for projectors. It's just like, we're just like, we can't stop, you know? Um, (laughs) One thing I would be wary of, and this is another part of our design, which is what we call our open centers. Is like, and I'm using you as a guinea pig here, is like one of your potential shadows. And this is like, not to say that you're living in it, Is to feel like you have to like find your one purpose and find your one thing. So sometimes there can be a desire to like study and learn all the things. Like, is this it or is this it? But like, you're somebody who's actually meant to be so multifaceted in the way that you express your purpose to the world. So like, if you like lock into one thing, it's probably going to feel very confining over time because at a certain point, like a new part of you will want to emerge. And so like, it's just a thing to keep in mind of like, let me make sure I'm not pursuing this because like, it's going to offer me certainty about who I am. Like, let me pursue it because I'm curious about it, but also like hold it loosely so that when a new part of me wants to emerge, I'm available for that.
0: Oh my God. This is so helpful. I think this is why we oh, like okay. doing design because it's like, everybody just wants to be seen and heard. Right. And it just oh, yeah. also seen. And yeah, I was having like my first coaching call with my new business mentor last night. And you know, the, the, they were saying, okay, you could, you could be like the habit queen, you know, like your mentorship can be all about habits. And I just kind of constricted. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. Like, I, I know about habits. I can definitely implement that in mentorship series and everything. But like, um, I need to know that I can have this wide variety of offerings without getting stuck on one thing forever. Same with, you know, pursuing music and, and anything like that. It's like, I don't want to feel uh, suffocated by that box.
1: Oh, 100%. So, mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And like, and I just like kind of approaching it loosely from the beginning. I just like, Oh my God, there's so many parts of you, like what part of me wants to come out, you know? So treating it like more playfully than like putting pressure on yourself to figure out the one thing. Um, okay. So when I talk about the two The twos are very natural hermits. This does not mean they're meant to like exclusively hermit. None of us are. It just means that like time and space alone to be in your own flow might feel particularly nourishing and offer you so much harmony. Um, The two is also around bringing this like innate genius and talent to whatever it is that you do, often in ways that you can't explain. So I really encourage these people to kind of lean into what comes easily and naturally to them. That's often where the greatest gifts are. Even if they can't explain how they do what they do, they just do it if you have a three in your profile, these people are very natural experimenters. They are here to bump into things and make mistakes and learn and like fail and grow from their failures and just like keep evolving. Um, And so I would definitely encourage these people to really kind of embrace their trial and error process um, rather than um, making themselves wrong for it. It's how they learn best. They learn by doing like, if somebody's like this thing works, they're going to be like, I don't quite believe you until I do it for myself and see what actually happens. Um, if you have a four in your profile, so much of your opportunity comes through your community network and the people that you know. So really encourage these people to invest in their relationships. It's such a well of opportunity for them. Also encourage them to um, date somebody they're friends with. If they feel drawn to it, work with people they're friends with, take on clients they want to be friends with. Like, It's really good to have that foundation of friendship with those close to them, even if it's their collaborators. The next one is a five, which is you. And the five is so much around Being a very natural problem solver and fixer and seeing things in very kind of new, innovative and often unconventional ways. Mm -hmm. I think a big lesson for you is that even though you're good at offering, my guess is you're good at offering kind of practical solutions to new things, like you're not here to solve all the problems. So like, just like really getting clear on like, am I solving this just because I can or because it genuinely feels like the right use of my energy? Um, I think the biggest thing for you to watch out for, and I can imagine this has emerged probably in some places socially, is that like, people can project all kinds of things onto you and like not negative. They might just be like, Oh my God, you do great at this, or you should do this or whatever, whatever. And like so much of your job is to like see projections for what they are and not allow yourself to be guided by them. And so like, even if it's like super positive and like you should be like, you know, be an actor whatever. And you're like, thank you. That actually (laughs) doesn't feel like the most authentic expression of me. So that's a no for me, you know? So, and I think ideally the right relationships for you, romantic and friendship, and just collaborators are people that like give you space to be all that you are without putting you in a box or limiting you in any way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Do you totally. feel that?
0: Absolutely. And I'm going back to one of the things you said in the beginning there was just like, um, I, I've just been learning how to allow people to come with come to me with a problem. And learning to ask them, do you need to vent or do you want my advice here? And I think that's been really helpful for me because I love to problem solve, but not everybody is a problem to be solved. Like sometimes people just want to vent and just express themselves. So that's been a huge part of my like shadow work is to hold that space for people without being a fixer like, especially I have a family member going through grief right now. And like, all I want to do is give her like tips for feeling better. And I just had a pullback moment the other day where I was like, there's a different way to hold space here than um, giving advice when she might just need you to listen.
1: Totally. Yeah. I think I, I went to a weekend with this wonderful coach recently and he also reminded me, he's just like reminded all of us. He's like, sometimes like we just have to trust people can like, that they can do it. You know what I mean? Like that they can move through it on their own. And so it's just like giving them the space for that. But it, it is such a lesson for a projector because like you are so naturally like R and O at all. You're going to see so much that yeah. others don't, but like just because you see something doesn't mean someone's ready to hear it. And so for you, it's just like the, the art of timing of like being like, are they ready to hear what I have to say? And like, I'm going to offer the information like only when they're ready. And like there's actually space in our energy for my wisdom to land.
0: Totally. Yeah. And making sure that it will come from a place of making sure the other person doesn't feel judged at all. And so that, you know, whatever advice that they're getting is coming from compassion. So yeah, all all these things to work through. So when you were first describing um, our profiles, were you saying that it's like the best way for us to manifest or, or how do we use our profiles?
1: Well, I have to mention the six because I forgot about them. I want to make sure that I cover them and then I'll answer that question. So if you have a six in your profile, there's a very natural kind of role model teacher energy in your design. People might look to you as an authority. You naturally inspire trust in people. Um, One of your gifts is pulling back and seeing things from a higher view. Often these people live their life in three phases where the first 30 years of your life is meant to be a time of just like tremendous trial and error, just like bumping into things, experimenting, learning not figuring it all out, 30 to 50 is really a time to invest your energy in what works, um, see things from a higher perspective, kind of embody and process all that you've learned. And you're meant to hit your prime when you turn 50, This does not mean for these people that there's anything to wait for. It's just meant to keep getting better and better and better. And they're meant to kind of serve as like such embodied examples, examples of authenticity where they inspire others to be themselves by just like being themselves so fully. Um, So the question is whether we use this to manifest. Is that what you asked? Yeah.
0: Or how do we apply our profile knowledge?
1: So, so many different applications. So like, I'm, I'm just going to use you as an example. So like, I would say in terms of like manifesting your purpose and manifest, it's the perfect word here. I would say probably align with your purpose is like, you're somebody who's here to be an investigator. So in terms of knowing where to like put your energy next, a good question to ask yourself with the one is like, what is something I cannot stop learning about that I cannot stop investigating. It's often like a, the perfect sign of where to go. And because you have a five, it's also like, what is the problem that I can't stop solving or like that I can't stop thinking about that I want to offer my new innovative solution to. Um, so like, that's kind of how to use it in in purpose career um, when it comes to relationships, I would say with the one, like it's important for you to have a really strong, secure foundation in relationships. And with the five, it's important to kind of be with people that, give you space to be all that you are and don't put you in a box. And then finally for looking at it through the lens of marketing and sharing yourself, like with the one, I would really share yourself through a lens of like, I've gone deep. I know what I'm talking about. My foundation is strong. Like you can really see me as the authority that I am. And with the five, I would really like market the like, practical solutions and ways of seeing things that you like bring to the world. And like your gift is not like being in there, like saving the day all the time. Like you're really good at like coming in and blowing everyone's mind with your perspective and then like checking back out, you know? And so kind of crafting a way of working that allows that. Does that make sense? You kind of see those different lenses.
0: Absolutely. And it keeps coming into focus more and more. Um, yeah, I think so much of the reason I do research and love learning is so that I feel comfortable positioning myself as an expert, pitching that in all of marketing and everything. And then, um, it was so funny. I was, I've been brainstorming, like what kind of book would I write eventually? And I finally was like, let's not, let's like zoom in a little bit, actually and do like 55 tools for blank. And I was like, that feels better for like who I am and like really kind of on the nose than this kind of ethereal book about life. It's yeah. just like straight it's on. And practicality like, for you.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Like this is practical and grounded. Like there's a foundation and it there's a practical solution to it.
0: Yes. So completely resonates. Absolutely. Yeah. And with relationships as well. Yeah. Just feeling like there's that strong friendship, I guess, would be the foundation for me is what I look for. Is just first and foremost, just a a deep friendship before anything.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's just like it offers you security, I would guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Okay. So I'm also seeing
0: we have, you know, digestion, digestion types as well. So how does food
1: play into all of this? And like, why does that even play in? Like what a reminder that human design is endless, <laughs> um, and it never stops. I think digestion is so interesting because it doesn't speak to like, it doesn't speak to like what food that you should what food you should eat, It more speaks to like um, how can you consume food in the most aligned way. I would just kind of remind people that this is not the first piece that I recommend diving into. It's like endlessly fascinating and it will have more impact if you've been experimenting with like the core tenets of your design for a while. People just like jump in. It can be like a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. So like just a reminder that there's kind of like a sequence of the information. And I'm, I'm like not a dogmatic rigid person around human design, but I also know that like the impact really deepens when you allow that. Um, so to give you an example, so like, and this is based on the top left arrow in your design. So because your top left arrow was facing right, it means that when it comes to eating food, you are not meant to be super like rigid in your routine around food. Like I would not recommend you like have breakfast and lunch and dinner and like, and maybe you like habits and you like this, but like you're somebody who might be a little more in the flow where it's like one morning you're like 8am hungry, 3pm the next day hungry. Like it's just like fasting might feel natural for you. And so you, it's not like eating consistently at the same time. It's more about like tuning into your body and when, when it needs food, there's more, but I just want to check in to see how that feels.
0: Oh, absolutely. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, especially with my uh, menstrual cycle, I think a lot of women can relate to this too, but like my eating patterns will completely change and I'm just like, okay, go for it. But yeah, I mean, yesterday I like didn't want to eat until like dinner time. And today I'm kind of grazing, you know, earlier and it's just like, yeah, whatever I need for my energy. Now I'm at a place where I can feel it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. A hundred percent. And I think also another deeper layer, and this is beyond, this is, comes from numbers underneath the arrow that you often can't see on the traditional sites is that um, your digestion is called cold. Is that what you found when you looked yours up?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Um, it basically means that you are designed to eat food like below like kind of body temperature, just like, just like cooler food. So like, mm-hmm. instead of eating like a lot of like um, hot food or food right out of the oven or whatever, like I would actually recommend like juices, smoothies, like raw food might feel good, like salads, like, or even like if it comes right up the oven, like letting it cool down a bit. Um, it's really kind of nice to eat food, like cucumbers, like cooling foods, like foods that really kind of cool you down. You run a little bit warm already. And so cooling food can be really supportive.
0: Mm-hmm. How does yeah, that I feel mean, to you? You can see I'm in front of this ring light and I'm feeling like swollen and puffy because I'm so sensitive to the light. It's so interesting. Yeah. So absolutely that way. I have had a weird thing with salads recently. Like Maybe I don't know what's not landing with me with salad. I would like to eat more salads, but I do really well with a good like juicing cleanse or just a day of just kind of more liquid and cooling foods. But I'm yes. working my way back into salads for some reason.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah, and, and lots of liquids for you. You might drink more liquids than most people can, you know. But like, like <laughs> always having it move through is so healthy. And the last piece around digestion for you is around what we call our cognition. Also known as our strongest sense, and you're just like a feeler. Basically, means that you're just like super attuned to like the space, you know, the sense in the space, the vibe in the space. So like in the same way that you're really sensitive to space and your in design more generally, I would say like when it comes to eating, like probably best to like eat in spaces that really feel good and where the vibe really feels right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. I need to be, I would like to be better about that. And just eating without any technology around too, always makes me yes. feel better. And eating outside makes me feel better. Yes, mm-hmm. totally. 100%. Wow. Amazing. So, right? Yeah. Yes. So, do you, what else do you mix into your human design business? Are there any other like things that you pop in that help people and support them when they're learning human design? Like, what else comes in?
1: Yeah, so much more. So, I think that like I would say, like, the pieces that I usually focus on one type strategy and authority is a really great place to start um beyond that i like to look at definition which is around how people best process i love to kind of like investigate all the centers whether they are open or defined so basically where you're most sensitive to others or also where your energy is most consistent Um, profiles. We talked about, I love digging into channels because those are just like, if you have them, which not everyone does, those are just like the innate strengths that you can rely on. Um, I love to kind of look at like the not self and signature, which are kind of signals that reveal whether you're on or off track. Um, There's like so much even beyond that, but those are the pieces that I feel like that's what I like love to equip people with as like kind of the starting toolbox of like, I kind of see those things as like the most actionable pieces of your design, the things that will be like the most supportive in helping you move from kind of any resistance in your life to flow.
0: What would be an example of like a not self slash signature for us?
1: So they're based on types. So for projectors to be out of alignment is to feel bitter, And bitter is often rooted in like a lack of recognition, appreciation, like not feeling seen. And if you'll, our signature to feel aligned is to feel successful, which can obviously be like be financial success. But even more importantly, it's like, do I feel recognized? Do I feel appreciated? Do I feel invited in? Um, and so as a projector, it's really good for us just to keep an eye on like where we feel the most bitter and where we feel the most successful. Like bitterness is not a thing to run away from. It's more like a real signal for you of like, um, is this still the right place for you? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. hmm Yeah. Like a road and- Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's
1: like, is it a time to course correct? And like for generators and manifesting generators, the spectrum is satisfaction to frustration, for manifestors, peace to anger, and for reflectors, disappointment to surprise.
0: I love that they're so kind of specific because the word bitter itself just like really lands. I don't I feel know. it almost ever, but when I do, it's like, okay, um, flag going up. Uh, let's pay attention to this. What's going on? Am I surrounded 100%. by the right people in the right environment?
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. It's just like a real check-in point. It's like, is this still the right place for me? You know? And it's like, it's a good, it's nice to see it not as a thing to make ourselves wrong for, but like as an opportunity to check in and just make sure that how we're showing up and where we're showing up is actually the right place for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything that you have been learning recently or researching that you're just loving getting into human design related or not? Like what's sparking your interest right now?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Um, oh my God. Human design is so endless. <laughs> I think that like there's a piece of human design called the incarnation cross, which it's not the first piece that I recommend people diving into because it's not very actionable. And if you're not living it yet, you might be like, I don't see myself in it. So like, can't, it doesn't always feel empowering at first, especially when we're younger. Um, but it is a really cool part of our design because it really does kind of speak to how we're designed to express our purpose in the world. And there are 192 of them. So they're actually like really not easy to learn. Um, but I've been really deep in that recently and it's been nice. You know, I think that I've just been really, I've always been a little bit hesitant to share it with people only because like, I know that it's not the best thing to share at first, but I also know that people are like so curious about it. So I think I've really been in the investigation of like, what is the most empowering, accessible way to share that information with people? Um, Yeah.
0: So you've been diving deep on the incarnation cross. Cool. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up as I dive a little deeper. That's really cool. So um, is it Ra Uru who started this? Am I getting his,
1: his name right? So his originally was Alan Krakauer. He renamed himself Ra Uhuru And that was kind of after this mystical moment where he really kind of received human design.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, did he channel all of this or did it come out for him over years? Like 192, is that what you said? Incarnation cross types? Like that's so wild. Did that all come in in a channel for him or did this I don't know if you know this, but
1: that's a good question. Yeah. I think that like, it's probably a combination of both. Like he definitely, I believe he channeled the essence of the information, like over these eight days and eight nights where it really came through. It's hard to imagine that his perspective didn't come in. He's also like a marketer. So he also might've had some like, oh, I'm going to shift it to, you know, make the (laughs) categories more obvious, who knows? But like, and you can even see sometimes the evolution in the way that he shared it. So it's nice to kind of go back to the source material and then also see how it's evolved. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's a combination of both you know, I think I would say 90%, you know, kind of the essence, but I'm sure that he's had his own little take. But I think part of like, you know, why human design and raw is no longer alive. But I think part of why human design has, um, I believe, become more accessible is that we have a lot of people that are out there translating the system in ways that are more accessible and empowering than the original sharing of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's just like true of systems. You know, I think that like a lot of the initial like devotees were just like, really like love the way that it was expressed. But I just think there's like, to me, it feels like I love that there's more flexibility around how it's shared. People are really kind of like learning the foundations and running with it on their own. And I think it's really good. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's important to have a strong foundation in the material. And I think it's really nice to translate it in a way that will make sense to more people.
0: Love that. Yeah, it's so interesting how it's like this blend of mysticism meets like science and very grounded, rooted knowledge. But there's just a lot of magic here that's undeniable. It's awesome and it's pretty new. It's like, I wonder how this ties into astrology, I guess, in the age of Aquarius, if there's some you know, patterning into, you know, when it came about and why it came about. It makes a lot of sense with kind of the quote unquote great awakening going on that we would all get familiar
1: with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what a tool to kind of support us in our evolution and also give us permission to be ourselves right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, finally, is there any, are there any books that you're reading? Any like documentaries that you're watching that you're loving? Like, shout us out anything you're curious or Wait, I'm like exploring. watching a
1: documentary that or not a documentary. I'm watching a show that might be like, so not a hit to your audience, but like <laughs> I've had like, I'm like weirdly obsessed with sports things. Ah. Like there's this, thing I, I feel like there've been like so many movies. I know that there was a whole thing with, Will Smith, but King Richard was an amazing movie. Um, did you watch it? I
0: haven't seen it yet. My sister is like, You have got to see that movie. So that's on my list. watch it tonight.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's also another one that I just watched, which is like, oh my God, I'm forgetting his name. Kurt Somebody, um, American Underdog. It's mm-hmm. about this football player. Have you heard of this? About this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like about a football player that I'm like, this is like so not my thing, but for some reason I find sports stories like so inspiring. He like, um, he like didn't make any of the teams and then like went to work at a grocery store. And then like when he was much older, like tried out and like made it and was like MVP and had this like crazy career, but he had the most like unconventional career and it's telling his story. So I've been loving watching those kind of sports movies and just really, they like hit a little chord in me. Um, in terms of books, Oh my God, so many. I read a lot of fiction recently, which I've been really enjoying. Um, There's an author in Bolo and Bui, which I might be mispronouncing, um, but I just read her two books, which I'm now totally forgetting. Together we were, I'm forgetting the name of the first one that I read. Um, And those are some things, but I'm just like diversifying. I used to feel as a projector that like rest had to be productive. So like I would watch no TV, no movies, like I would just study. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm just at a time in my life where it's like, fiction and movies, like how great are these things, you know? So it's been really nice to just really enjoy them and like give myself permission to really like relish and just be in them.
0: Oh, I love that. And sports stories too are like stories of overcoming adversity.
1: 100%. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, great. Like, oh.
1: <laughs> I know. We just started watching this like series on the Lakers, which is like a total dramatization. Oh, Have you yeah. heard of this? We're yes. I time. watched
0: it with my family uh, when I was home for the holidays. Yes.
1: <laughs> my partner like hooked, um, <laughs> but it's just like, it's so, I don't know. I just, I love it. I just like love following these characters. And I think that there's obviously something there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like tenacity highlighted. Yeah.
1: Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh my gosh, Erin. Thank you so much for everything. I feel like I got blessed with a mini personal reading here. So thank you so much. And if people want to work with you, learn more about you and your programs, where can we find you?
1: Yes. So um, on Instagram, I'm at Erin Claire Jones and also at Human Design Blueprint. Um, I would say if you want to get started, one of the best places is I offer something called the Blueprint, which is a 55 plus page guide all about your unique design. No two are the same. It kind of walks you through all the most important pieces. I'm happy to offer a discount code to your audience if you like. Oh, sure. Yeah. Do you have like a word that you like to use? Uh, lifted. Lifted. So the discount code is lifted and that's at humandesignblueprint.com. And then I also offer sessions um erinclairjones.com and i have monthly workshops as well and then training coming soon
0: amazing that's so generous thank you so much i would really recommend people checking that out because it's like an awesome deal and um i was i was like looking at signing up last night and getting it uh
1: before my god well i'm gonna create a discount code so use that awesome (laughs) excellent
0: (laughs) thank you so much i can't wait for people to get to know you better here and uh... All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. Of course, everything we chatted about is linked in the description below. And be sure to hit us up on Instagram and let us know what your biggest takeaways from this episode were. And a couple more things on my end. So I've got some new offerings up for you guys. I have a three-hour intensive private subconscious deep dive with me. And I also have a one-on-one seven-week mentorship series that's open for applications. So if you're curious about working with me more intimately in those ways, you can book a free clarity call with me so we can get to know each other. And uh, yeah, lots of good stuff. I'm also teaching meditation very often at Unplug, The Den, and Be Meditation, So check out my website, HelenDenham.com for all the information on all fronts. You can see my meditation schedules there as well. And then on June 18th, I'm teaching a workshop with the Den Meditation called Falling in Love with Yourself. It's an empowerment workshop. We're doing transformational journaling, EFT, visualization, just packing in all the goods for this workshop. So I can't wait for that to kick off. And I think that is it. Have a gorgeous rest of your week or your day, wherever you are. Thank you again for being here. It means so much to me. I love you and I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye for now.